Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? The evidence was circumstantial, and the prosecution brought Wayne Williams to trial for two of the 28 killings. Apartments on Buford Highway, where we now have new developments in the ongoing investigation of the Centennial Park bombing. General Robert Abrams, for the first time, and officially calls the Tawana Brawler story a lie. At a press conference this morning, Seattle Police Chief Robert Hansen announced a special task force being formed to study Ted Bundy. Join us now as we go beyond criminal headlines. And I'm your host for Beyond Criminal Headlines, Nicole Bennett. This week, we unpack the ongoing investigation into the murder of Susanna Morales. 16-year-old Susanna Morales was reported missing on July 26th of last year. The night she disappeared, authorities say Susanna left her home in Norcross, Georgia at 6 p.m. And for those of you not familiar, Norcross is a city in Gwinnett County, Georgia, about 30 minutes northeast of Atlanta. So Susanna walked a short distance to a nearby apartment complex, the Sterling Glen Apartments. She met with a friend for a few hours, and then around 9.40 p.m., the Gwinnett County Police Department confirms Susanna texted her mother she was on her way home, but Susanna never returned. For months, Susanna's loved ones and authorities on the case were left with more questions than answers. But on February 6th of this year, everything changed. A passerby notified Gwinnett County Police they saw what they believed to be human remains in the woods along Highway 316 near the Barrow County line, which is roughly 20 miles from where Susanna was last seen alive. The remains were found in a creek bed, and authorities who responded to the scene ultimately identified the discovered remains as those of Susanna Morales. Less than two weeks later, on February 13th, a Doraville, Georgia police officer was arrested on felony charges in connection with Susanna's disappearance and murder. So to unpack what's happened since February 13th, because it's a lot, and to preview what's ahead in the investigation, I turn to someone who's followed this case from the very beginning, and that is Gwinnett County Bureau Chief for WSB-TV in Atlanta, Georgia, Matt Johnson. Matt's reporting career began in Texas, where he covered the military trial for the Fort Hood shooter. He spent a couple years in Little Rock, Arkansas, before moving to San Diego, and then eventually joined WSB-TV in Atlanta in June 2015. And like I said, he is now their Gwinnett County Bureau Chief. But 
I'll let him tell you more about his career in journalism so far because I want to jump right in. Here's my conversation with Matt Johnson about the ongoing investigation into the murder of Susanna Morales. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, First, I was going to have you just tell us a little about yourself and your career as a journalist so far. So I've been with WSB for going on eight years now, um, and I've been a reporter for going on 13 years. Um, I started in Waco, Texas, um, went on to work in Little Rock, Arkansas, San Diego, California, and then here in Atlanta. So it's been a it's been a long journey. Yeah, I feel like I've been doing it. I feel like it hasn't been 13 years, which is probably a good thing. That means I'm still enjoying it, still finding ways to um, challenge myself and, and just continue to tell stories in different communities. Absolutely. And I know you and I said this is one story that I have followed closely, but you've been following since the very beginning. Um, and so before we unpack what happened the night that Susanna disappeared, July 26, 2022, I was just curious in, in all the time you spent on the case and if you've spoken with her loved ones, how did they describe Susanna? So the reason that she was reported missing so quickly was because her, Susanna and her mom were very close and it was very uncommon for her to just not show up. Um, you know, there's a lot of teens. Sometimes when a missing person report is filed, there's a history of that teen running away. But the family was very adamant from the beginning. No, Suzanne is not somebody to run away. She's someone to let us know where she's at at all times. And she had texted her mom saying, I'm coming home. She, she was at the apartment complex right next to where um, she lives. She was coming home and then no one ever saw her again. So Susanna was, a, by all accounts, a, a popular teenager, a happy teenager, someone who loved music, someone who loved friends, being outgoing, just everything you want a 16-year-old to be. 16 years old. That's still hard for me to wrap my mind around. And, and like you said, she was at an apartment complex right near home, hanging out with a friend, um, and then she never made it home. Um, her family reports her missing. What would you say were some standout moments right away as the investigation got underway? Um, her family was very active from the beginning to let people know that Susanna needs to be found and that she might be in danger. So that involved mobilizing on the weekends, um, on the at the intersection where she was last seen. They had signs. Her mother was posting on social media about the need to find her daughter. And her mother was basically broadcasting her, her grief and anxiety for the entire Gwinnett County community online to see. And as the weeks and days went on, after she was reported missing, people just in the community just kind of knew about Susanna's case, even before there was a lot of publicity, even when she was just technically considered a missing person, because this case resonated in the community as um, a 16-year-old Hispanic girl who might have been abducted. And that was something that her family feared from the beginning. 
And there are a lot of missing person cases where the family will say that. So the media, honestly, sometimes will take it with a grain of salt. Um, Police officers, they investigate every case. But at some point, a missing person without any leads is just that, a missing person. But in the community, this was a case that parents would tell their children about you know, Susanna Morales is missing, you know, be careful. This was real. These were real conversations that parents, especially in the Hispanic community, were having with their kids while she was missing. So about a month after she was reported missing, there was so much feedback from the community that I personally felt the need to do the story about her missing. Now, we don't cover every missing person, every missing teenager, because, you know, quite honestly, we can't. Most times the, the teen finds a way back home and it's not something that police think that the, the child is in danger. It's just not something we can do every time there's a teenager missing. But because this story resonated so much in the community, I felt the need, I pushed for us to cover the story in August while she was a missing person. So we spoke to her sister. Her sister spoke to us about how strange it was for her to not come home. Uh, her sister spoke about police or police do, don't believe that she's in danger, but the sister was like, what evidence, do you, what evidence do you have that she's not in danger? Because this is not like her. Um, I remember covering a completely separate story over the summer about a peeping Tom that was in Norcross. And the mother who um, spotted this man on her camera pointed to Susanna Morales's case saying, you know, Susanna's missing this person is at our house. We don't know what this person might have done. So that was in the minds of parents while she was missing long before we knew anything about Miles Bryant. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the community response that just really that that's so heartwarming to to have them rally behind the family for her mom to be strong enough to to continue to push Susanna's story out into the public discourse and and for you to push to cover her story because like you said we can't it's sad that you know there are so many missing teenagers out there we can't cover every story but something about her story caught me too i remember reading about it earlier last fall um and as the community is you know, this this response that you were talking about, they're putting um, putting this story out there. Did any witnesses come forward? Did they have anyone in mind? Um, you mentioned a peeping Tom. Was there anyone else before Miles Bryant came into the picture that stood out to police? At this point, police, um, police are pretty adamant about they followed up on every possible lead. Um, about Susanna that they could at the time. Um, they had tracked her phone. They spoke to people that last saw her. They were knocking on doors. But after a while, the leads just the leads just dried up, and there was really nowhere for the police to go, um, which is what they said. Um, so there was no indication of any foul play from a investigation standpoint. Um, except for the fact that her family was adamant that somebody had done this. So um, again, in January, 
when police put out a renewed push for any help to find Susanna, at that point, as far as we know, there were no leads on any kind of suspect. Um, so it was always considered a missing persons case until the day that they identified her remains. Which is what brings us to February. And, you know, months have gone by since Susanna disappeared. Loved ones, police are left with more questions than answers. What happened on February 6th of this year, though, that broke the case wide open? You mentioned finding her remains. Um, but how did that all kind of play out? If you could walk us through a timeline. Sure. So <clears throat> I believe it was a Sunday where um, somebody reported that they spotted remains on the side of um, Highway 316 in Gwinnett County, just before the Barrow County line. And um, police went out there that night. They started collecting evidence they could but a lot of times when people find remains, that's that opens a whole other can of worms. It could be somebody committed suicide. It could be um, a transient person that just, you know, just kind of collapsed. There's just so many different ways. Um, there's so many different ways finding human remains can end. Um, so at that point, police didn't know what they had on their hands. And the next day, on a Monday, they went back out there and um, I got a call about police at the scene of Highway 316, crime scene vans, what's going on. So we actually went out there that day, again, not knowing what the police were going to find. So we went out there. We saw police in the woods. We saw crime scene tape, uh, CSI vans. And at that point, they were collecting all the skeletal remains that investigators do when they get a call like this. So fast forward to a few days later, I get a call, hey, those remains belong to Susanna Morales. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, at that moment, I was like, this is going to be huge. This is going to be a gigantic story because how did she end up on the side of 316 when she was last spotted in Norcross off Singleton Road? I mean, that's like 20 mile gap, I think. So at that point, we all knew we could have reported, but we all knew that foul play was involved. So I get the tip. I let everybody at the station know I'm working on a completely different story. We rush down to police headquarters, get on TV, talk about how this has been identified as Susanna Morales. And it was really tragic getting that news because this was – this girl represented so much for the community and there was a lot of hope um, that she would somehow find her way back home. Um, but when they found her remains, it was just the tragic end that none of us wanted. Um, so from that point, that started the investigation that led them to figure out that she had been murdered. It's just so, like you said, it's not the ending anyone wants. Um, and what's happened since then too, uh, is, is I think unbelievable in some ways. Um, February 13th, a Doraville, Georgia police officer is arrested in connection with Susanna's disappearance and murder. What can you tell us? I mean, now it's Miles Bryant. We know, um, now he is a former Doraville police officer. 
What can you tell us about him and and what were what were your thoughts when that part of the story came out? So I believe it was a week after they identified the remains that they identified Miles Bryan and arrested him. And it was just a shock. It was a shock that this was the person. This It was a shock that this was someone who appears to have no connection with Susanna whatsoever. And then the biggest shock was that he was an active police officer at the time of his arrest. Um, I just started asking all these questions about what evidence do they have? Um, did they did did Miles use his capacity as a police officer to maybe lure Susanna to her murder? There was just so many questions when you introduce that law enforcement aspect to a murder suspect. You just your mind starts racing. So we immediately start reporting about um, his his time as a Doraville police officer. We learn that Doraville police. Um, fired him when they learned about his arrest. Um, we requested his personnel file. Okay, let me backtrack. So when the when the when the the day of the arrest happens, um, it was that night. Dorville police put out a statement because obviously everybody's reaching out. What what did you know about this person? How long have you known that he's been considered a suspect? So police, Gwinnett police didn't notify Dorville police about their arrest until the, that day. They didn't give them any kind of heads up. So Dorville police is scrambling. They're trying to figure out what to do. They immediately decide to terminate him um, because of just the dark cloud that all of a sudden has been brought on the police department. So that all happens the same day. But the next day, um, we get a phone call from somebody who used to go to school with Miles Bryant talking about how she knows him and how, you know, she has had a bunch of uncomfortable conversations and interactions with him. So that starts us to request his personnel file. Okay. What else was going on while he was a Dorville police officer? Um, eventually we find out that he had been reprimanded a few times but nothing major showed up on his file. He obviously passed a background check. Um, there were no red flags on his background check, no official incidents that might have prevented him from becoming a police officer. So there was nothing that the Dorville Police Department had in their personnel file that would say, this is not somebody that you should hire. This was someone who worked for the uh, Georgia National Guard, somebody who was a jailer at the Forsyth County Jail at the time that he was hired by Dorville Police. So by all accounts, Miles Bryant was an upstanding 22-year-old who had been interested in law enforcement and serving the community, being out in the public ever since he graduated high school. Um, so that made his arrest even more shocking. Like, what What is going on here? Um, and then... Do you want me to to get into the other girls that have come forward? Yeah, I was going to ask you. I mean, the Gwinnett County Police Chief, uh, J.D. McClure, has said we don't have evidence of him. This was I hate to say uh, for lack of a better word, but this was an escalation, you know, for him from from things that we've now found out that he's done in the past to other women. He's never, as far as they know, murdered anyone, but it is so Again, unbelievable is the only word I can think of what's come out since then um, that, like you said, maybe it wouldn't 
be a huge red flag, nothing that might show up on a personnel file, but there have been reports and other women have come forward with stories about him, right? Yes. So the day after his arrest, we get a phone call from a girl named Alicia Bates, who went to school with Miles Bryant. And in 2022, he reached out to reconnect with her because Alicia was friends with Miles's ex-girlfriend. And Miles had reached out about maybe getting some advice on how to get back with his ex-girlfriend. That was what she thought they were meeting for. So the way she says it, they meet up together, but he's not making a lot of mention about his ex-girlfriend. She's getting the vibe that he's trying to come on to her. So when she picks up on that, she, in her mind, she's like, okay, I'm not really seeing this guy again. But Miles keeps reaching out to her saying, hey, you know, I've got some liquor. Can I come over? And she's like, no. Again, he'd be like, hey, you know, I'm in the area. Can I come over? And she said, Basically, if I want you to come over, I'll let you know. I'll give you an invitation. But she never gives him that invitation. But shortly after they first reconnect, again, in 2022, I believe it was in March, she says that she comes home one day and sees that her door had been kicked in. And at that point, there were no cameras in the area. But she thought it was kind of weird that as soon as she starts interacting with Miles again, all of a sudden, her her apartment door has been kicked in. She talks to a neighbor and her neighbor says, are you okay? I saw somebody kind of snooping around your apartment. And the way that she was describing the person, it sounded like Miles. So Alicia says she talked to Miles about it and Miles made, you know, he never admitted to doing anything like that. But in her mind, she always thought it was him. So fast forward to, I believe it was, um, Late in 2022, at this point, Susanna had already been killed. Um, She, at this point, her neighbor across the hallway has a camera installed. And she finds out that Miles had been to her apartment two times, unannounced. Um, And in the videos, you see Miles covering his face or with the clear awareness that he, there's a camera behind him. So he's making a clear effort to not have his face shown as he's jiggling on the door handle, as he is knocking on the door. And Alicia is home for one of these incidents. And at this point, she is concerned about Miles because um, she's not sure what he's capable of because he's been in the army I mean, he's been in the National Guard. He's a police officer. She knows this. And she says she was genuinely concerned that he was going to break in and hurt her. So she's home during one of these incidents. And she says she had her hand on her gun in case he broke in and was strategizing what she might do to defend herself. So that's that's that was an insane, crazy thing to hear from her saying that she feared for her life, basically interacting with Miles Bryant before anybody knew who he was before he had been arrested, anything. So she reports him to Dorville police, his employer saying that he made unsolicited trips to her apartment. She wants it to stop. She wants him to be investigated. Dorville police determined that because they knew each other, 
that Alicia had just misinterpreted what Miles was trying to do because Miles told his bosses he was just going to go check on her because she had made some social media posts about feeling down. So he went over to go check on her, even though she lived in a gated apartment complex and never gave him permission to come over. But at that point, Susanna had already been killed. So the question is not, would that have saved Susanna's life? But the question is, would Alicia have been another victim? And that's something that she worries about. Because at that point, if you, according to the police, he had already killed. So could he be capable of killing again? Um, and then that wasn't it. There was another girl who lived next to Miles in 2018 while they were both students at, um, at Berkmar and said she woke up and saw Miles breaking into her home, trying to break into her home. She freaks out. She tells her sister, her older sister, her sister calls the police. The police come over and he says, oh, I was just trying to get some um, information about the homework assignment that we have. So that didn't sit well with the sister, but no criminal charges were filed. She had police issue him a criminal trespass warning, which avoided any type of criminal charges on his record, which basically allowed him to become a police officer. You know, had he been arrested for something like that at 17, where he could have been considered an adult, that might have prevented him from becoming a police officer. And then also in 2018, another neighbor said that he, they had video of him going into their house. And then that day she realized that underwear was missing from her drawer. So these are two neighbors who went to school with Miles at the time reporting that Miles Bryant had either broken into their home or attempted to break into their home. The other girl who said that he took her underwear had video that they confronted Miles with, but she says that Miles's mother begged and pleaded for them to not call the police. So no, there's no report of that ever happening, but she's in the process now of trying to recover that video and possibly have charges filed because of that now. And just today, we're learning about a 2019 incident where there is video of Miles, again, going into the home of a Burkmar classmate at the time, and just kind of wandering around. You see him walking around, you see him going in different rooms, like he, like he lives there, like he knows where everything is. And the way that this girl's mother describes it, he had to arrange the patio furniture in such a way that he could climb it to get into a second story window, break that window, get inside in the middle of the day, and then walk around. She says nothing was taken, but in 2019, she called the police because she was watching in her camera system that someone was in her home, but she didn't know who this person was. And her daughter didn't know who this person was because you can't distinctly make out his face. But when Alicia came forward and shared her video of Miles, this mother went back and looked at her video and said, that's the same person, like the way that they walk, the build, 
and the fact that he went to Burkmar, this girl, her daughter went to Burkmar at the time. But what makes her most concerned is that this girl and Miles were not that close. So there was no way, the mother says, that Miles knew their address by her daughter giving it to him. So her concern is that he followed her one day to find out where she lived and then went through all this effort to break in. So Snowville police, where this happened, have charged him with first degree burglary on top of all his other charges that show a clear pattern of Miles being infatuated with girls and showed a pattern of him willing to skirt the law to get closer to them. Oh my gosh. I, that's just, so that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's, it's like you said, it's a pattern and it's stalking behavior. Um, it almost sounds, and this is totally speculation on my part, but it almost sounds like maybe his mom was aware that he might have done this before. And we don't know how many women might come forward now to say, oh, yeah, I knew him. He had some weird tendencies, infatuation, things like that. But obviously it escalated. And it's also interesting you say that the 2019 incident, the mother is saying, I know that they weren't close enough. He had to have followed her home because like you said, we're still not entirely sure how um, he may have known or to ca- we haven't really connected Miles to Susanna, how they knew each other, if they maybe were familiar with each other. Do we know? And then, like you pointed out, Susanna's body being found 20 miles away from where she'd last um, been, you know, seen alive. Do we know? Did he um, I I thought I'd read. Did he work at the Sterling Glen apartments, the apartment complex where Susanna was that night? So he lived there um, and his apartment literally overlooks her house. There's a fence that separates Susanna's neighborhood and his apartment, his second story apartment. So there's a lot of speculation about whether he had been watching her, whether he had ever talked to her before, but he lived in that apartment complex and he was the courtesy officer there. Meaning, you know, police officers sometimes when they um, apply to live in an apartment, Um, They can work out some type of deal where they agree to be the courtesy officer at a discount rent in a lot of times. So he wasn't employed by that apartment complex. But if an incident were to occur on the property, he was the person that they would reach out to to look into it. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that his apartment overlooked her house. Wow. Okay. And you have to wonder, again, total speculation, but if his interest in law enforcement was twofold and that he has access that other people might not have, um, it's a trust. Like you said, he could have lured someone, um, you know, earned their trust more easily because he's a law enforcement officer, things like that. Um we will find out. Again, that's that's not been anything that's been confirmed by police. But what has been confirmed, um, and you and I are speaking Friday, March 3rd. So between now and, and when this episode is actually dropped and when people are listening, 
charges could have been added, um, more details could have come out. But as of right now, what charges does Miles Bryant face in connection to Susanna Morales's case? So we know that he's been charged with murder, obviously. Um, well, let, let me let me backtrack. I guess I, I can do it in the order of um, the way the charges came in. So when he was first arrested, it's important to clarify that he was first arrested for concealing the death of another and filing a false report of the crime. So at that point, they knew that Miles was somehow connected to Susanna being along the side of Highway 316, but they were still processing those remains so they couldn't make the murder charge just yet. So now that their investigation has led them to murder charges, he's been also charged with murder and with kidnapping. And on top of that, from Snellville police, he's been charged with first degree burglary from that 2019 case. Wow. And I remember too, during a recent uh, news conference, I think it was the Gwinnett police chief said that there may have been a weapon that was found near Susanna's remains that they have um, connected to Miles Bryant. Is that right? Yeah, the weapon, the weapon is huge. It's what led them to Miles so quickly because near the remains, they found a gun and that gun was the key piece of evidence there because they run the gun through the system, the serial number and everything that identifies the gun. And they find out that it had been reported stolen the day after Susanna was last heard from. So I'm sure police officers never believe in any type of coincidences, but that's a major coincidence for them to investigate. So they figure out who reported it stolen, and it was Miles Bryant, the person who lives right basically next door to Susanna Morales. So the way that the chief describes it, they started doing surveillance, they started investigating his movements, and after a few days, they had enough evidence to charge him with murder. But without that gun, there's no obvious link to who killed Susanna. Now, there's forensic evidence, I'm sure, that they may have. We don't know yet. They may still be working on in a lab. That type of stuff takes time. But that gun was such a blessing for these detectives who obviously had pressure on them to find out who killed Susanna. And there was that gun who led them, that led them right to Miles Bryant. Absolutely. And from what I remember too, correct me if I'm wrong, but the most recent news conference, uh, Gwinnett police said they're not confirming as of now any cause of death. So they're not confirming whether Susanna was shot. Um, he did say uh, tragic detail that there is a possibility Susanna may have been raped. Um, but those details, like you said, they take time. The forensic evidence has yet to to come out. Again, we're talking March 3rd, so more could come out in the near future. Um, and we hope it does. But as the investigation continues, um, what's next? I know you've mentioned this this charge that's dating back to 2019. Is there anything else coming up that you know of concerning Miles Bryant? So one one thing that I'd point out about that press that news conference is that <clears throat> the chief was asked repeatedly, you know, was she shot? Was that gun used to kill her? 
And he was very cryptic in his words, but he said something that probably has some, some different layers to it. He said, we know that she died at the hands of Miles Bryant. So that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean strangulation. That could mean he had the gun in his hands and killed her. But even though they can't come out and publicly say how Susanna died, the chief was very confident in saying that Miles Bryant killed her. Um, as far as what's next, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I mean, at this point, as somebody who's now received multiple tips from people saying, this person has been strange around me, um, it's not a stretch to say that anybody who, any girl who ever went to school with Miles and was a friend with Miles should now be kind of thinking in their mind, was there anything that he did that made me feel uncomfortable? Was, you know, was there ever any weird damage to my home that I just kind of brushed aside? Because this is now, this is now four, four girls coming forward to say that Miles either broke into or tried to break into their home, um, which is a, which is a lot. And it makes you wonder, are there even more people that have no idea that Miles broke into their home? So we honestly don't know what's coming next. Um, we are going to be hopeful that there are no other murder victims. Police haven't said that anybody else has been linked to Miles, but there has been so many twists and turns in this investigation. It's hard to definitively say this is it. Wow. And like you said, when you were talking to Alicia, I think that with the timing of her um, interaction with Miles, she could have been another victim. Now, in hindsight, knowing that and living with that, I can't imagine. And um, with that in mind, in that same vein, that had to be impactful talking with her. And then I was going to ask you, I always like to end on um, just a note about the victim and then all your time on this case what interviews have stood out to you the most and how do Susanna's loved ones want her to be remembered? So I think what stood out was even when she was just a missing person, her sister was sending pictures and videos of them all out on that intersection with signs, just basically begging people to come forward and help them bring her home. You don't always see that with missing people. Sometimes families report them missing, knowing that, you know, they're somewhere maybe with a boyfriend or something like that. But this was a family that believed in their hearts that Susanna was in danger and they weren't just going to sit around. They were going to go out there and let people know that they need help to bring her home. And that, that stood out. So in that Seeing those pictures and videos and talking to the sister, it was very clear that this family wasn't just going to sit around and hope that she came home. They knew that Susanna was either being held against her will or that she was in some real, real danger. So that stood out from the beginning. I think her family at this point would want Susanna to be remembered as being a happy kid, somebody who loved her family and loved being around her mother um, somebody who might have gone into law enforcement herself, you know, her mother says. Um, but the family is deeply bothered with how the case was handled from the beginning. 
um, believing that more could have been done to try to bring her home. The sad truth that police will say is that Susanna, unfortunately, was killed shortly after they believed she was abducted. So the, the, the tragedy is that while her family was out on that corner with the signs, Susanna was tragically already dead. But the family's hope is that Susanna's case makes police officers feel a little bit differently when somebody's reported missing in the community. Do a little bit more to let families know that this is a priority for them and they're going to do what they can to bring her home. And the last thing that the family would want is that somebody who's missing ends up dead like Susanna because not enough was done to find her. This case is has deeply affected the not only the Hispanic community, but just anybody with a teenage child in Gwinnett County. There's been a, a tragic run of 16-year-olds uh, who have turned up dead in Gwinnett County from a combination of murder and drug overdoses. So there's a real crisis right now in the community. A lot of parents are scared about whether their kids will come home when they go out on weekends or just any day in particular. So police are having a town hall meeting on Thursday to address some of these concerns. Um, there's a lot of distrust with the police department because there are some people who believe police didn't take Susanna's case seriously from the beginning. Police will push back and say, we did all we could. And as soon as we knew that this body belonged to Susanna, we worked, we moved heaven and earth to find our suspect. Um, but there's a lot of distrust and there's a lot of fear right now because of what happened to Susanna and the police departments and the community have a lot to work out to repair that relationship and just let families know that, you know, their loved ones are going to be okay. And, um, parents are having a lot of deep conversations with their kids right now because of what happened to Susanna. Absolutely. So that, that town hall you're saying is next Thursday. Yes, it's next Thursday. Um, we expect there's going to be a lot of Hispanic representation there um, because, I mean, honestly, the police department's approval rating among the Hispanic community is very low right now. They, Police and the chief have done all they can to assure people that they handled this case the best that they could. But Susanna's family has been deeply disappointed with how everything has turned up. Um, the fact that Miles is a police officer, raised some speculation about, you know, maybe police were trying to cover for Miles. Police, you know, will reject that entirely. But there's just a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of conspiracy theories out there. And right now, there's a lot of healing that the police department needs to do to put more families at ease. It'll be so interesting to see what comes out of that town hall. And again, I spoke with Matt Last Friday, March 3rd, I know I made note of that in our conversation, but uh, the town hall is scheduled for Thursday, March 9th. Um, I've, of course, been following Susanna's case very closely, like I do all the cases that we cover. Um, so I will continue to do so. I'll be in touch with Matt. And I'll keep you guys updated on any developments that come out in the investigation into Susanna's murder. 
This is Beyond Criminal Headlines. My name is Nicole Bennett. Every few weeks, you'll be able to find new episodes on any of your favorite podcast providers featuring conversations between myself and experts who've covered and investigated some of the most notorious crimes in our history. And I don't say this enough, but please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Wherever you're listening now, give the podcast a follow. And you can also follow the podcast on Facebook. It's at Beyond Criminal Headlines. You can send me ideas for cases we can cover in upcoming episodes. Um, I've had multiple people contact me in the weeks following our last few episodes, especially our episode recently on Alec Murdoch's trial. Um, and I promise I am following up with Philip Holloway very soon. He's the legal analyst for 95.5 WSB in Atlanta. Um, we're going to recap what we all, I think, are still processing, the stunning ending to Alec Murdoch's double murder trial. I promise I will have that episode ready as soon as possible. I hope you learned something from this week's episode featuring WSB TV's Matt Johnson on the Susanna Morales murder investigation. We'll be back again soon. Until next time, this is your host for Beyond Criminal Headlines, Nicole Bennett, signing off. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.